Welcome to Grand County Matters. My name is John Sanderson. This show is for and about all of the people who live, work, and love Grand County. It doesn't matter what part of the county you call home, I hope to have something for everyone. This edition of Grand County Matters is brought to you by Sanderson Commercial Real Estate. The name Grand County Trusts when specialization matters. Online at sandersonre.com. Hello and welcome to Grand County Matters. Today I'm joined by Jason Harris. Jason and I are going to talk about green spaces, co-working in downtown Winter Park, as well as one of my favorite coffee shops, The Perk. Jason, hello, and welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, John. Absolutely. So let's get started by giving us the, the Jason story. How did you come to be in Winter Park? Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in Arkansas, uh, and uh, the place you go to on vacation, I guess, growing up is either the beach or the mountains. And I think it was a high school ski trip um, that brought me to Winter Park for the first time. So came out to Winter Park, learned how to ski in high school, um, and just really had a fascination with skiing in the mountains. And um, I, I really uh, didn't get a good feel for the town at the time, like a mountain town, because we just stayed at the the base of the resort and um but later on throughout college um started come back coming back out to winter park and got to experience a little bit of the town got to meet some people in town and um began to really enjoy mountain town culture um so i uh went off to college in arkansas uh studied finance and going to business school in arkansas the track that everyone typically follows is you either go work for corporate Walmart or Tyson or, you know, JB Hunt, one of the three. So that was kind of the track that I was on there for a while. Um, and then telling my professors and my family that I wanted to go to ski town and bum around for a little bit was not received super well, but I went for it anyways. So I moved out after college, um, had a connection with some people out here and um and the plan was just to be out for nine months so i was just going to do a winter out here and then kind of figure out life and then go continue life back in arkansas and um get a job back there um but ended up moving out to to winter park area um i had worked in the coffee scene in college with a startup company um and so really began to enjoy just that, the, the lifestyle, the culture, uh, the supply chain of coffee, working with farmers, working with roasters, and then getting it in the cafes um, for people to enjoy. Um, so I'd worked on that side in college with a startup company, but I'd never actually like made a drink on an espresso machine before. Uh, so I figured if I wanted to pursue a career in coffee, I should probably get a job at a coffee shop to learn how to make coffee. Um, so I, I did that, uh, and worked at a shop for about, uh, six or nine months, something like that. And then ended up, um, really enjoying it, seeing an opportunity, um, here in Grand County to, to open a coffee shop. And so, um, back in 2016, 
uh, I opened a shop of my own. Um, and it, it was fun. It, it was like new, it was fresh. I was 22, I think at the time, uh, 22 or 23. And so I, I kind of had all these kind of ideals from business school that I could apply to the real world. And um, some of them worked, others didn't, um, but it was fun kind of trial and error because um, I, I think one of the cool things about Grand County is that um, for, for whatever reason, I think there's this kind of uh, idea that it's hard to start a business or you have to be old enough to start a business or you have to have enough money to start a business, whatever it might be. But man, I, I found it really, really approachable. Um, I don't know if it was just because it was a small town or if there's something charming about Grand County. I really don't know, but um, was kind of able to get in um, to the small business world by opening a coffee shop in Winter Park. It is. Did you open in your current location or is this your second location or you moved to this location? Yeah, we, we've had a couple different locations. Um, and so this one, is, this is actually our third location that we're in right now. Hopefully we're in it for the long haul now. <laughs> Where'd you start? We started in the old shed um, in downtown Winter Park. The shed was an old Mexican restaurant. Uh, yeah. And then where'd you go to from there? And then we moved um, down to the Mulligan house. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's right at the beginning of Winter Park. Uh -huh. um, and, but that was fun. It, it was like a ski on the house um, and operated there for about a year and a half, I believe. Um, and then we, we decided if we were gonna do this thing long-term, um, we wanted to link up with a co-working space and there wasn't really room to do that. Um, so we started looking at um, who was building in the Winter Park area. Um, and so we linked up with some developers and um, kind of pitched the idea to them to do a co-working space and a coffee shop next to each other. Um, partly, uh, I just saw a huge need for remote workers up here. People were coming into the coffee shop um, they were bringing their laptops, working remotely up from Denver or on vacation. And so I just started asking people like, what would be ideal for you? Like, what's an ideal work environment? Cause I know a coffee shop isn't, isn't one. Um, and so people started talking about co-working. I had no idea what co-working was at the time. Um, yeah, so, so let's, let's elaborate on what co-working is for those people who are unfamiliar with the term. Yeah, yeah, sure. So co-working is essentially a space where you go to get work done. Um, and so there's like a common area, there's private offices, there's dedicated desks, there's a conference room. And in bigger cities, it's a lot of startup companies um, that are kind of working on different projects. It's a, it's a place for them to collaborate and work together. Um, but what it ends up being up here is a lot of just remote workers. Um, maybe their company is based in Denver. Maybe it's based in San Francisco or even another country. Um, but you come into the space to access high-speed internet. You get coffee. You get a spot to get out of the house and get some work done. Yeah, absolutely. So Jason and I met originally 
when I was coming back to Grand County and I needed to open an office, I actually uh, contacted Jason and took a tour of green spaces. And I was really blown away that not only the quality of the build out, the, the office space itself, but the great amenities and access, you know, all of the things that one would want for uh, either a short-term office or, or an office that one would occupy part-time. And uh, gosh, I just can't say enough good things about green spaces. It ended up deciding not to rent uh, a spot from Jason for no reason other than we ended up getting a house. <laughs> just work from home. So, yeah. you know, I would invite anybody who's, who's looking for a place to work away from the house uh, to go take a look at green spaces. It, it, while we're on the topic, can, can you just go over your your fee structure? Because I didn't realize when I initially contacted you that you actually have a drop-in option. Yeah, yeah. So kind of the way we do it, it's like a gym membership. So most everything is month to month. Um, so you can join like the common area and get access to the space for $195 a month, the desk or $250 a month, and then private offices start at 695 a month um but we also have like uh we call it like a bottomless coffee and co-working pass um and your first time in it's nine bucks um and then uh we're, we're not really doing the day passes currently because of covid restrictions right. but we anticipate to get back to um allowing people to come in and and just kind of drop in and use it for the day all right, I, I got you a little bit off the rails there. We, you were you were originally talking about how you came to find the green spaces concept. So let's let's go back to that story and how you went from coffee to co working. Yeah, sure. So I was finding that um, there were a lot of remote workers that were sitting in the coffee shop, taking calls, uh, needing some privacy. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people have experienced that you go to a coffee shop, you don't know if you're going to find that spot that has the outlet, that has some privacy, that has good Wi-Fi. Um, a lot of times people will buy a cup of coffee and then they'll sit there and work and two hours later they'll feel guilty. So they'll buy a muffin and then they won't eat the muffin. Um, <laughs> so I saw that happen too many times. So then I just started asking people like, hey, what, what do you want? What do you need? What, what's ideal for you? Um, and there's this one guy that kept coming to the co to the coffee shop. Um, his name was Austin and he was working remotely for um, a tech company and we, we got to be good friends. We, we started chatting a lot and um, we we're actually both about to get married. We were both engaged and turns out we were getting married on the same day, like a month or two after we met. Um, so we we're like, Hey, we, we should, you know, looks like we have a lot in common, um, started hanging out and he was, he was familiar with, um, commercial real estate on the front range. He was familiar with the tech world. He was familiar with co-working. And so I started picking his brain about it. And, um, and we went down and looked at some co-working spaces down in Denver. And, um, we said, you know, th there's nothing like this in winter park. I was asking him, would you use something like this? And he was like, yeah, I would, I would pay for this. I would totally pay for this. And so I was like, well, how much would you pay for it? You know, try, trying to see yep. like, is this guy all talk or, or is he, <laughs> would he really pay for something? And so I, he, he convinced me that he would pay for a membership. So I was like, all right, I'm going to sign a lease across the street. 
I'm going to do a co-working space and you're going to be my first me paying member. And he was like, all right, do it. So I went and signed a lease, you know, created a really small scale co-working space for about, I mean, probably 10 people max could use it. Um, and did that for a little while. And then he started kind of looking for opportunities to grow the space. So we found a co-working space in Denver called Green Spaces. They had been around uh, since 2010, and they were they were one of the first co-working spaces in the U.S. They, they were the first sustainable co-working space. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with WeWork, um, but Green Spaces started across the street from uh, what what is now called WeWork. It was called Green Desk at the time. Uh, and so it's pretty funny. You can go back and read Wall Street Journal articles and some New York Times articles about this crazy thing called co-working. And there are these two people in 2010 duking it out. And it was Green Desk and Green Spaces. And Green Desk actually sold out to their investors. Um, there, there's a really good How I Built This with Guy Raz um, on WeWork. And he kind of tells the whole story of it. But um, the Green Desk guys sold out to their investors and then signed a non-compete. Couple years later, they started WeWork, um, and then they went global worldwide. And then they they've had some some issues in the recent, you know, past year or so. Um, and then right. Green Spaces, th this was all up in Brooklyn. Um, Green Spaces opened a second location in Denver. Um, so we found Green Spaces in Denver. We went to them, uh, partnered up with them, and then ended up they wanted to sell. Um, and so and calls me one day, I think I was going home for Christmas, um, back in 2018. He said, Hey, there's this coring space in Denver. They want to sell for, you know, however much money. And I'm like, where are we ever going to find that much money? You know, this is, we're, we're just running a small operation here in Winter Park. And he was like, well, let's go raise money. Um, and I was like, how do you raise money? What in the world? And so he was like, it's easy. There's, there's people out there that have money and they want to invest in creative ways. He's like, I guarantee you, we could go find some investors. Uh, so I thought he was kind of crazy, but I was like, I'll let him run with it. Um, he quit his job and I was like, oh, wow, he's Austin serious about this thing. So we put together a little pitch, shark, shark tank style, put it in front of a couple um, local investors here in, in Grand County. And it turned out there were there were a couple of different people who were, um, I mean, they were they were going back and forth trying to get this investment, which I I never thought that would ever happen. Um, so we we raised um, some money from a local investor here, and then we went and bought Green Spaces um, in Denver, and we we pretty much told the the crew at Green Spaces we said, you know, we've never really run a co working space before, so y'all are gonna have to teach us how this whole thing works. Um, so they're like all right that's awesome we'll, we'll do that we'll put it into the contract you guys we'll we'll take two weeks and we'll just kind of give you the the rundown on how to run a co-working space um and we said all right the, the only catch is that they lived in france at the time they operated it from france we said you have to fly us out to france um so they flew us out to france we hopped around a couple old castles that were airbnbs and, uh, and we learned how to run a co-working space. Um, so then we come back at the end of 2018 and uh, we, we started to operate green spaces in Denver. 
That's great. Were you were you married at the time? Because you said earlier that you were engaged when you met Austin. So yep. did you guys both finally get married? We both got married, and we must have bought the company. I believe it was a couple months after we got married. It was a. It was a. I would not suggest doing that in your first year of marriage. Yeah. <laughs> it it was challenging. Um, there was a lot to juggle, but. Uh, I think we both grew from it. I think both of our wives are incredibly patient with us. And I mean, they're, they're along for the ride. They, they married entrepreneurs. They, they kind of, I think they kind of knew what they were getting into, but not until you really start living the entrepreneur life and the ups and downs and the, the freedoms, but also the time demands as well. Like they've been incredible through this whole thing. Yeah, well, you've got the true family affair, don't you? Because didn't you uh, didn't you incent your wife to come and work at the coffee shop too? Yeah, <laughs> I did. Yeah, <laughs> yep. She came and helped out. She's in school now. She went back to get to get a master's degree down in Denver. But and there was there was a couple months there where I convinced her to come sling some beans with us. Yep. Yep. Well, I think I think we all met that first day that we came to tour back in yeah yeah maybe it was august or something like that yeah yeah i think you're right <laughs> funny funny so uh remind me your wife's name hannah hannah that's right so you and hannah how long have you been married we've been married for just over three years now fantastic you're still in the honeymoon phase <laughs> My yeah, wife and I just celebrated 24. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. <laughs> I got her right out of grade school. Hey, there you go. I shouldn't say that. Some people will take offense to that statement, but she's a little younger than I am. Okay. <laughs> All right. So so you, you, you buy green spaces in Denver, and then how do you transplant that concept into... Winter Park Station, uh, you were the first tenant, I think, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we went to the developers who built Hideaway Station and, and Winter Park, and we just said, hey, we've got, uh, we, we knew them just from having uh, the coffee shop, from having the perk in town. Um, and we just said, hey, we've, we've got this co-working space that we've been running down in Denver for about a year now. Um, we really think that it could do well up here there, there's so many remote workers um there's kind of this scene of people who are working in the tech industry that are starting to move to grand county and um and so we just said why don't we why don't we do a coffee shop we'll, do, we'll put a co-working space right next to it and then i reached out to a buddy of mine um that was living in buena vista who had a gear shop there called the trailhead and uh and I just said, we'll, we'll do gear, we'll do coffee, we'll do co-working. Um, he actually already had one tenant. So we were the second tenant. So he had Grand Adventures. Um, oh, right, right. On the north lined end of the up building. to be there. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then since since we moved in, there's also been a real estate company that, that moved in next to us. Yep. It's a great location. Do you, do you feel like uh, just from a drive-by perspective, you get some get some eyeballs on green spaces. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, like, so that was one thing we learned in Denver from from operating it down there was 
we're we're located at 26th and Walnut in the Rhino District. So we're we're pretty close to Union Station. We're close to the ballpark, to the Rocky Stadium. Um, Patagonia just put their um, store. They're our neighbors now. So so we're on both of the corners. So it's a pretty hot spot down there in Denver. And that has honestly contributed to a lot of our success is just purely location down there. There's a ton of ton of foot traffic. Um, and so we just figured, you know, if that's working down there in Denver, we need to get a, a very highly recognizable space where cars are driving by every day. People are, it's not, it's not super walkable. It's not the most walkable part of downtown Winter Park, but but you do get some foot traffic. So I think people just walking by and, and seeing the sign has raised a lot of questions and led to a lot of um, business as well. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, I personally think it's a great location. The, all the glass is very inviting. The space is bright. It's, you know, very open. You did a really nice job laying it out and, you know, the proximity to the trailhead, which is a tremendously awesome gear store. And of course the perk is it's a brilliant combo to have them so close together. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. We we've, I mean, it was just a guess, right? It was like, I don't see anyone else doing this. So let's, let's try it. And we're a year, we just hit a year in September in this location. And, you know, it's it, it seeming it, it's working so far. Yeah, working so far in the most adverse business climate on the planet at the moment in COVID restriction world, I, uh, I can only imagine just how much more exposure you will have in, a, you know, in Winter Park in a summer when they actually have concerts every weekend and yeah. there are actual events that occur and people continue to come and, you know, they're on foot and on bike. It's, it's just great. You know, I, I think if you could make it through the last 12 months, you know, you're going to flourish in the next 12 months. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good perspective. And, you know, I think whenever this whole, like whenever the pandemic really started to hit, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, entrepreneurs, small business owners had to make a decision. Are we going to, are we going to sit back and kind of let this happen and try and do things we've, the way we've always done them? Or are we going to try and pivot and get creative and and try and power through this and see it as a positive and and that's what austin my business partner he's so good at having an optimistic outlook on things and um he, he's such a big picture guy where i get i can get really caught up in the day-to-day -day stuff mm -hmm. um and i think because of that we've we've been able to to pivot through this whole thing and so with, with the co-working space um you know, people are moving to the mountains. They're, they're realizing why, why do I live in San Jose or Silicon Valley and commute an hour and a half both ways? I don't have to do that anymore. I, I can live in Winter Park. Or, or why am I living in Denver? I, I come up to the mountains every weekend anyways. Um, and so the co-working is done all right through this because, you know, everyone's working remote now. Right. Um, the coffee shop is, is kind of been a different story. Um, there's a lot of restrictions with restaurants and cafes and all that kind of stuff. And so um, kind of our guess um, was we need to start roasting so that we can have an online program. So we've been doing um, some roasting in-house and 
Um, we've been trying to beef up our online store and do um, subscriptions. Um, so you sign up, we send coffee to your, to your house, you know, once a month, once a week, whatever it is. Um, so that's kind of like our guess on how to pivot there. Um, Cause who knows how long, who knows how long this thing's going to go on, but you can't just sit back and act like nothing's happening. <laughs> well, you're exactly right. And, and you and Austin and Hannah and, and Austin's wife, I mean, I'm sure you think about this stuff a lot. You can't just wait for the world to turn around you. You have to look out over the horizon and think about how to adapt to a changing business environment. And, and you know, just doing co-working, I think was a brilliant idea. And then being in proximity to the, the gear shop and the coffee shop just adds a center of gravity to that part of the city. And then, you know, as you think about, okay, well, we're not going to sell as many cups of coffee as we might have otherwise. Let's go into the subscription business. I mean, I just mm -hmm. think that that's a really, really wise and, I don't know, educated way to look at it. There's so many people that are that are glasses half empty, and you know you guys are really trying to figure out how, how to make it work long term. And look, if one of those things takes off, it's going to be good for everything that you do. So it's just a great approach. Yeah, thanks for saying that, John. It's, I mean, you 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 get in a situation with your back against the wall, and you got to get creative. And you know, this is our guess at it, but it's just cool to hear you talk about it kind of from an outsider's perspective or a consumer's perspective and say, yeah, I think this could work. Um, and we're just in the beginning stages of it, but um, having those ideas validated, I think is huge. Yeah, totally. So, so you brought up roasting and, and I was in the, I was in the perk, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving actually. And uh, there's this device <laughs> behind the <laughs> counter. And so, to, yeah, I think it's fascinating. And I only know just a little bit about it from the barista who filled me in when I was there, but uh -huh. tell us about the, the refrigerator with the window or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so funny. We've gotten so many questions on what is that thing behind the bar? And um, yeah, it, it's, it's pretty wild. There, there's this company called Bellwether. Uh, they're a startup company out of Berkeley, California. And they said, you know, we want to create roasting. We, we want it to be attainable for small shops. And we want baristas to be able to roast while they're behind the bar, which is insane. Like in, in the roasting world, that's never been possible during a shift while you're making coffee to be able to roast coffee as well. Um, but, and the reason why is because it's a, it's typically a roaster is a big machine. You typically put it in a warehouse. It's not behind a coffee bar. Um, it, these guys, they're a super sustainable company. So all the roasting is zero emissions. Um, it, it's run on electricity um, as opposed to gas and there's no carbon emissions on it. So it just cleans the air after it roasts the bean and recycles it back into the machine. Um, and so you can do small batch stuff on it. You can play around with all kinds of different recipes. Um, you can source your beans through this company called Bellwether. They create a recipe based on the beans that they're sourcing. And then you can kind of tweak it. It's all done through an iPad. So the iPad is connected to the roaster. You create your roast profile. 
and then you roast the bean and um it, it's a drum roaster so it, it's i mean it's normal roasting it, it's it's super high quality coffee um and it's just been a blast man we we brought on um adam who's our head roaster and he's been doing some really really cool stuff um with the beans um and then recently we did we did something that was a lot of fun we we just released a winter blend it's called sweater weather and we let the baristas uh get super involved in the process and they did everything from design the label to create the name of the blend to source the beans they chose to source it from ethiopia and guatemala and then they made the roast profile we roasted the beans the whole team tasted it we made some tweaks and then we packaged it up and we actually released it today. Well, so, so let's elaborate on the concept of a roasting profile. So I think a lot of people don't have any idea that, you know, you can roast beans in different ways for different lengths and different heats with different other added ingredients. Can you just a little super high level Kind of touch on what that's all about. How do you how do you make a special blend for winter? Yeah, totally. So uh, roasting actually it happens pretty quickly. So um, there's a couple different variables when you're roasting coffee. Well, there's a lot of variables, but to kind of make make it simple, um, you've got time and temperature are kind of the two main variables. Um, so whenever you're creating a roast profile, you tell the machine how long you want the beans to be in the roaster, and then you tell it at what temperature you want it to be at. So the longer you leave it in the roaster, the darker roast it's going to get. The shorter you do it, it's going to be a much lighter roast. So that's kind of two things that you can play with. The other side is your blends. So if you do a single origin, let's say you're pulling beans just from um, Damo village in Ethiopia. So you're just pulling it from one farm. That's a single origin. Whenever you start doing blends, it's taking two different beans from two different farms and putting them together. So I'll just use this, this winter blend that we just did. We tried the Ethiopia by itself. And then we tried the Guatemala by itself. And we said, you know, these have both great flavors, but if we put these together, it would create a mix, a blend of of the best of both worlds coming out of both of these coffees. And so we did a 50-50 blend on those two. So you're getting, you're getting some like floral and fruity notes from the Ethiopia, and then you're getting some like nutty and chocolatey notes from the Guatemala. So you put it together and you get this fruity, chocolatey, wonderful mix of coffee. It just makes me want to put on a sweater. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pull out your nastiest Christmas sweater and brew up a, cough, a cup of sweater weather and call it good. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> so it's been fun. They, everybody was wearing Christmas sweaters at the perk today and um, did the release of the beans. And it's been super cool. There's been a ton of locals that have come in. We've been hyping it up on social media and ton of locals have come in to try the blend and support us during this time and it's such a great way to support a shop a local coffee shop is to buy beans from them um, so it's been super cool to see that support locally 
Yeah, totally. So just really quick, hit on the uh, hit on the subscription box. So if I want to if I want to buy it, what a pound a month or a week or something like that, I can just go subscribe. Yeah, yeah. So you just go to the Perk website. Um, you can either buy a year's worth up front, or you can just pay monthly on it, um, and it just auto charges your card, and then we ship the beans um, at the beginning of the month every month to your door. Very cool. How many subscribers do you have currently, if you're willing to share? Yeah, we currently have about 60 subscribers on a monthly basis. And how long have you been doing it? So we started doing the subscription stuff in May, whenever the pandemic, like really, when we had to shut the shop down. Sure. But we are definitely trying to grow that side of the business right now. Well, I'd say 60 subscribers in a small mountain town is not such a bad number. And it certainly proves the concept works. Well, it, it definitely helps, right? Like when, when you're, when you have to close indoor dining at a coffee shop, that's a significant hit. So it, in order, like for us to be able to do this online stuff has been, uh, it, it saved us really. That's awesome. So uh, tell us a little bit about Hannah. Where'd you guys meet? Yeah, so Hannah, uh, she moved out here, did an internship uh, right when I started the coffee shop. And oh. she started hanging out at the shop a lot. And uh, I started making her drinks and giving her free coffee and doing that whole deal. <laughs> and she stuck around a little bit. And she did a mural on our wall and um, we got to spend a lot of time together while she was doing that. Um, and then we started dating um, and then we got married about a year later. That's fantastic. What a great story. A little local romance buds at the coffee shop and yeah. now you're married and you're growing your coffee shop and growing your co-working. Very nice. Uh, it's funny. There's been so many Hallmark Christmas movies that have come out recently where the coffee shop owner meets the girl and they fall in love and whatever. So we're, yep. we're living the Hallmark Christmas movie life right now. In the Hallmark Christmas story town too. Yeah, exactly. Big snowflakes. Everything's all lit up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's a uh, totally stereotypical. That's perfect. <laughs> so, um, tell us, you know, a little bit about your influences. You know, you you went to school, you broke the mold, and left Arkansas. Who would you say were your greatest influencers in business? Man, that's a good question. Um, my dad. Uh, was a big influencer for me. Um, he uh, worked in um, corporate America for about 20 years. Um, and now he's a corporate chaplain. Um, and he's been doing that for about, I think, 10 years or so. And we had a lot of conversations growing up. And I would have crazy business ideas. And he would always support me through it, which was really cool. Um, so like I, I mowed yards through middle school and high school and then 
started a fireworks stand in college. Um, and he really helped me with that, you know, setting prices, doing marketing, um, doing sales, all that kind of stuff. And I, I feel like I really learned a lot through that. Um, and so that's been a big influence. Another influence I would say is um, professors through college. Um, they were big mentors of mine. Um, learned a lot through them um, and have stayed in contact with them too after college and throwing around business ideas and asking for advice. Um, so I, yeah, I'd probably say professors and, and my dad are probably the two biggest sources of influence for me. How about around Grant County? What, uh, who have you met or, or who have you been influenced by that, that you see them, you know, in everyday life sort of demonstrating what it's like to be in a mountain town? Man, I've met so many cool people through green spaces up here. There's a lot of really cool um, people doing cool things. Um, so I've been super inspired by a lot of the members and some of the stuff that they've been doing. Um, and then uh, the, the guy that developed um, the space that we're in, Chip, um, he has been a big influence as well from a business perspective. Super knowledgeable um, and has, has helped us out a ton um, with, with decision-making and um, just providing advice from a business perspective. That's a fantastic endorsement. Um, well, this is great. As we, as we come to a close here, can you, uh, can you think of anything else that you want to talk about? Anything that you're passionate about, sports or outdoor activities? Anything that you want to share with, uh, with our listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think um, I, I've, I've really enjoyed the lifestyle up here. I think I look, I look back to a lot of people that I went to school with um, who are and no, no shame against them at all. Um, but, but you can get into this grind where you, you go to work, you do your job, you go home, you go to work, you do your job, you go home, you get in a cycle. And I, I just feel like living in Grand County has kept my mind really open to a healthy work-life balance. Um, there's so much to do outside. There, there's skiing and biking and running and all kinds of stuff. And I feel like it's given me an opportunity to not get in that rut. And I think being around people who live a similar lifestyle as well. So working alongside of people who prioritize uh, getting outside and prioritize not working nine to five every single day. But if the snow's falling, go ski it, you know? And then you can get your work done later if, you know, if you work in an industry that allows you to do that. Um, and I think getting married too and, and having a business partner as well has given me such perspective. In the beginning for me, I got really wrapped up in the entrepreneur small business world. I worked way too much. I didn't have a work-life balance. And then you get married 
and then bringing Austin on as a partner made me realize relationships are super important. Um, accountability, having a business partner that you can trust is super important. Um, and, and getting outside and enjoying the recreation outside is, is equally as important too. So those are, those are kind of the things that I'm really passionate about is finding that work-life balance. And um, one thing that Austin and I talk about is we kind of flip it and we say life work balance. Cause I think life comes first. Like work is an avenue to be able to experience life relationships, um, outdoor recreation, whatever you're passionate about. But if you, if you prioritize life, then um, the work stuff will come alongside of it. So I, I would say those are kind of things that I'm fired up about recently. And, and I like to be around people that prioritize those things as well. And um, I like to get outside and, play and I like to work hard too. Well, I have to tell you, that may be one of the most profound statements I've heard in a very long time. You know, I spent a lot of my adult life striving for work-life balance. And perhaps if I had been striving for life-work balance, I'd have been a lot more balanced a lot sooner. Yeah, it's a tough thing, right? Like you look back and, and you can't, you can't gain experiences that you've lost, but being around people that do prioritize those things are, are, are really valuable because that's contagious. You know, people that, that have that lifestyle is contagious. And, um, and I've been fortunate enough to be around people that they really do prioritize that. Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, I think the, the, other way to, the other way to say it is do we work to live or do we live to work? And, yep. you know, I think if you, if you have a disproportionate obligation to work and not enough obligation to the life that you want to lead you find later you know later over the horizon down the line years from now you may look in the mirror and say gosh I wish I would have taken that other mountain bike ride or I wish I would have taken that last twilight run as the sun went down there's there's yeah. so many things that you can pass by because we live in a society where work seems to be the yardstick by which all people are measured. And it's so upside down. Yeah, you're right, John. That, that's, a, that's a good way to put it. You're exactly right. Well, Jason, this has been great. I, uh, I really appreciate your time. I love the story of the perk and how you got started. Uh, I love the story about you and Hannah meeting at the perk and later getting married and the, and endeavoring into something new and totally different in the co-working space and taking over green spaces and then bringing it to, to Grand County, downtown Winter Park. You know, I think you're a tremendous addition, both the perk and green spaces, tremendous addition to the hideaway station development, to the overall environment in Grand County. I just wish you the best. Thanks, John. That, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate that. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up for now. This is Grand County Matters.